McCain. Um, I, I think he learned a thing or two from Hillary Clinton and literally threw the kitchen sink at Obama last night. You know, finally bringing up Bill Ayers and finally bringing up a, a bunch of things. And, you know, of course, Joe the Plumber, who's who's now famous or infamous. I'm not sure which way you want to look at it. Um, but, I mean, there were plenty of specifics that uh, we'd been seeing coming through the woodwork and rumor mills and Internet and smears or truths or emails and things like that. And it was just good to see McCain actually voice it. I mean, I, I definitely say that this was by far the best uh, debate for McCain. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say definitely, definitely the first debate was was a little more even field for both of them, and but mm-hmm. the second one he just really, really bombed it. I mean, and this yeah. was supposed to be supposed to be his uh, his speciality was these town town hall meetings, and and he just bombed it, and, and with the whole of that that guy that one comment, but mm-hmm. I mean that's that's just a little thing. But I mean, I mean, it is true that that McCain has been shifting to a, an incredibly negative policy and incredibly negative smear campaign, to put it bluntly, uh, against the Obama campaign because he knows that he's losing on the economy, and that's exactly where people are putting their attention, and he wants to distract them from it. You know, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it, it <laughs> depends on what you want the news cycle to be about. Would you rather it be about the failing economy and the Democrat who's heavily favored over you, or would you prefer it to be about the amount of negative campaigning you're doing? Um, you know, there's there's no bad PR, right, Spencer? So you might as well go for it and make your own campaign look bad. Hopefully the economy gets better in the next, oh, two days, and the McCain camp will be a little happier. Um, you know, trickle down only goes so far as we've seen through the past eight years of the Bush administration. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And I th- but I think that I think that um, McCain right now, if he really wants to pull it through, I mean, if he really wants to, uh, you know, put Obama on the edge, he's going to have to he's going to have to distance himself from the Bush administration, and he's going to have to distance himself from Bush's uh, failed economic policies that we've seen in these past eight years. Well, it's a lose lose at the same time though, because if he distances himself from Bush, obviously, you know, there are plenty of negative connotations from the Bush administration be it from the executive branch, um, you know, throughout, sorry, throughout the executive branch, um, including the advisors. Um, But uh, what you also have to consider is that if he distances himself, his voting record says differently, where, you know, the the 90% voting with Bush statistic um, that Obama has used frequently in ads, uh, you know, last night at the the debate, McCain finally said, I am not George Bush, rabble, rabble, and, you know, tossed his arms around and looked tough. But... At the same time, literally within an hour, the Obama campaign had released an ad um, quoting uh, McCain saying, I am not George Bush. And then, of course, with the, 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 the awesome, deep, scary announcer voice behind it, like, but is it true? He voted with George Bush 90% of the time. So, I mean, he, they just make him look like a hypocrite even when he is distancing himself. I mean, this, this is definitely true. And, and by and – by you know, distancing if he were to distance himself further from the Bush campaign, uh, he'd he'd risk isolating those diehard you know twenty seven twenty eight percent who still favor Bush and still support the failed Bush economy, the failed Bush administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, th- well, hold on, I wouldn't say the Bush administration has failed. They got back into office. It's pretty no, 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 not failed administration, failed yeah. America. Uh, I guess <laughs> is the better way to put it. I don't know, Spencer. I'm proud of America. I don't know about you and Michelle Obama, but uh-huh. where I come from, we we love our guns and religion and, and, and our Bibles. And I'm damn proud. 
Yeah, yeah, but I, no, I, I, I don't think they're risking uh, endangering that that vote. I think with Sarah Palin on the ticket, it doesn't really matter what happens. Um, any woman who's willing to disallow abortions, even for those after rape and incest, really, I think the far, far right would be fine voting for that ticket. No, you, you've definitely got a point. But I, I, I mean, I definitely would like to see this, this, this election focus, as Barack Obama put it so mm-hmm. poignantly, on the economy instead of these yeah. these ridiculous smear campaigns on behalf of McCain and the the Republicans in Congress. Mm-hmm. I think I think you know because when that really comes down to it, uh, Obama really trumps him because if you look at the the tax policies that both of them have, have proposed, you would see that unless you're in the top quintile of earners in the United States, there would be absolutely no reason for you to support uh, John McCain. As as he, he's, he's pointed out that Barack Obama is willing to raise taxes on the richest 5%, and there's the next 15% down from that would benefit more under uh, McCain. But overall, unless you make over $130,000, I believe is the number, there's really no tax-based reason, uh, income tax-based reason for voting uh, for Obama, for McCain, excuse me, mm-hmm. and and when you look at it, and also, you know, McCain's plan would in, would would call for an increase, uh, or an increase in the uh, in our debt by uh, ov- by trillions, whereas Obama's would actually raise the revenue that we could expect in the next uh, ten years, raise raise revenue by over five trillion dollars in the next ten years, mm-hmm. and so I really don't see how McCain. Even even thinks that he, he can he can win here unless uh, unless he he just really hits hard on the whole trickle down economic theory. Right. I, well, I mean, it certainly worked before. We can't knock trickle down entirely, as though I've already done it within the past five minutes. Um, <laughs> I I think that the the goal of of the wealthiest you know quintile tax cuts is really just to pump money back into the economy instead of having the government have to do so itself. Um, it's sort of the the long arm of government expenditure when you can give the wealthy tax breaks because then they go and buy luxury items that then produce more income tax than anything else um, and, and things like that. There there is a but but, but how, does, how does that how does that really pump into the economy? I mean I mean we we've seen time and time again that you know giving more money to the rich so that they can buy you know luxury yachts is actually not going to feed into the economy nearly as much as boosting the middle class. Who 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 buy you know consumer items that they that they use like well, uh, right. food I mean, and, and gas and and energy and and but you also have to consider the American history. We've gotten this far, you know, utilizing exactly that system where the wealthy buy luxury goods, and the, I mean the the classes have been blurring more in the past decade than they ever have before in American history, um, and, and as such, you you know still have to take into consideration that. We, we don't want to create a classless society. That's why we are a capitalist country. But what we really need to do is utilize the wealth and hope that um, it, the, the transfer of money in the trickle-down system doesn't get, you know, holed up in a certain portion of it. And that's what's happening now, I think, is the biggest problem that uh, people who have enough money to truly save, save, and if you save wisely, I think that's really where the money's coming from if... If they put it back into the economy, that'd be a whole other story. Um, 
No, no, you make you make you make a definitely good point that savings is something that we we can definitely count on. But if if we were to count on trickle down theory, then savings would be would be a humendous, uh, humongous, you know, <laughs> humendous, <laughs> humendous, uh, a great a great uh, asset to to our economy. But the fact of the matter is, we just have one of the most incredibly. I believe it is the lowest savings rate of any industrialized nation in the world, and and this this is just just going into to how how you know the trickle down theory, the trickle down policies that we've been enacting since the 1980 Reagan coup, you know how how that's been you know coup coup yes coup coup uh, coup. I coup, don't know coup, if I support using the word coup, coup to define coup the Reagan tat, as as we say down south. <laughs> um, okay. Who uh, coup coup strong word okay. Reagan Revolution, as as right. the Reaganites would would put it, uh, you know, so we've we've been establishing this policy of trickle down theory that really has been has not been backed up by facts, mm-hmm. and this this has become most apparent um, in the last few months when we've seen that this 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 extreme deregulation of the financial industries has allowed has allowed um, them to collapse, and and you, you, we can argue all day about what the causes of the financial collapse were, but True. nobody nobody would say in their right mind that deregulation had no part in it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking that, and of course, to blame this all on the Bush administration, as as many people do, is 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 unfair. I mean, this policy of deregulation has been going on even before Reagan, but it really hit the ground with Reagan and even into Clinton and Bush one and Bush two. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember there's one figurehead who has been there since Reagan through every single administration Mr. Greenspan uh, un- no, until yeah, absolutely recently. absolutely and and up until now this this has been working this is this has been an effective yeah. system but I I mean this is th- it's ironic that this is happening I don't know if ironic so much as causality would be the determinant of this but now that Ben Bernanke has taken control of the Fed that people have just lost their confidence in the Fed and in and in, in the institution that has been built up over 17 years by Alan Greenspan and the confidence in him, mm-hmm. you see. So absolutely. So so let's. Just, I'm just gonna open it up and say that. Well, okay. So uh, if you'd like to call in, you know, offer your opinion or anything, you can call in at um, at KWARE's line, which is. Uh, area code 314-935-KWUR. Which is 5987. So if so, call in and, you know, voice your opinion. By all means, call it. So, so I, I want to take this to another, uh, another facet of this whole economic, this whole financial situation. And I was thinking— It would be great I, if we had a caller who knew about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, this would be, this would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, caller, a caller with great expertise on economic and financial matters. Mm-hmm. But while we're waiting for said caller, let's let's look let's look at a little bit at the the accusation, the recent accusation that McCain has made, which I find to be one of his one of his better accusations, one of his more well-grounded accusations, certainly mm-hmm. more than the Bill Ayers yeah. uh, accusation. But is the the accusation of Obama's linked link to Acorn, which is an organization who, who, as their main purpose is to provide provide means for lower-income families, lower-income households. Uh, to be able to get loans and be oh, shaded from predatory lending. Uh, it seems we have a caller on the line right now. Yeah. Hold on, caller. I'll bring you up. There's probably going to be horrendous lag, so bear with us. 
All right, caller number one, you're on the line. Hi, this is David from New York. Hi, David. Hi. Uh, I, I think you left, let Greenspan off the hook a little too easy there. Really? Um, How so? Well, because I think he was really the engineer behind the, the easy money policy that's been going on in this country for the last 15 years or so. And every time something a little bit bad happened in the equity markets, he lowered rates and flooded the market with liquidity. And I think all that led to several big bubbles, which have had a, a huge detrimental effect on the financial system. And we're finally starting to feel the effects of that now. Well, while the bu- before the bubbles popped, were they not amazing bubbles? Well, but, they but keep, were. Keep, keep in they mind, were. keep in mind that Greenspan did warn about these bubbles. You know, with this this uh, what was the what was the term that he used? Irrational, Irrational exuberance. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't he wasn't completely blind to it. I mean, he certainly he he saw this as a risk and saw this as something that could come up and and bite us in the behind. You know, uh, and which it did in in two thousand two thousand one and has again now. And I think I think he, he obviously his his predictions there in a sense were accurate. Uh, well, well yeah, sure. But, he, he warned about it way back in the in the eighties about no, no, you're absolutely right. Exuberance, but, but then he didn't do anything about it, and he actually sort of reversed his uh, his approach to things uh, after that, and and I think propelled us into. Um, I think he had a pretty pretty uh, strong hand in propelling us into the tech bubble, and then the uh, real estate bubble, and and most recently the commodity price bubble, which really has had a, a rough effect on on global economic growth, and was one of the things that tipped us over into the recent mess. That's a, that's a bold statement, sir, but uh, but I, I can definitely see your points, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, my point was not to completely exonerate uh, Alan Greenspan. Well, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, and, and certainly, certainly he has had some part in building this, a great part in building the economy that is that is now collapsing. Uh, but I, well, what I... Hold what, on, before we move on, though, I'd like to talk about those bubbles, because with a cyclical economy, would you not have ups and downs? And I mean, within those bubbles, certainly uh, certain members of society gained and others lost. If you were involved in tech and happened to live in Silicon Valley, of course, that'd be great. Um, but wouldn't you still praise the fact that there was a tech bubble at all and that the economy did gain, um, you know, in the long term, it, it still gained while the bubble popped, there still was enough of a bubble to raise up uh, before that even happened? Sure, and, and I have no problem with, with an economic boom to a point, mm-hmm. but um, once, once the economy starts getting to the point where um, asset values are, are overly inflated, like they were in the last few years of the tech bubble, um, okay. the Fed should step in and start tightening policy and taking a little bit of liquidity away in the interest of a more balanced um, expansion. Uh, instead, the Fed stayed easy and, and the, and the Tech boom turned into a bubble, which then popped. I, I, I guess you, you make a good point. Uh, here's 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 a question. Um, so since uh, since uh, Chairman Bernanke has taken over the Fed, uh, he has taken this, this really restrictive policy and, and has been uh, instrumental in lowering the rates and and in making sure that it, to keep the economy from completely collapsing. How much how much of a role do you think he really played? In, in allowing this to happen, or do you think that without his guidance, then our economy would have, the collapse would have been even worse? Well, uh, Bernanke um, may not be the most creative Fed chairman in the world, but at least he recognized what was going on. I think he was handed the ball just as all the tacklers were about to jump onto him. So, so uh, really, a lot of what his, his problem is is just bad timing on his part. Well, yeah, this is certainly isn't his fault. I don't, I don't blame the, the, the crisis itself on him. Um, I think he was a little slow to react at first, um, but, but I think overall he's 
at least kept the, the U.S. financial system afloat, which is to his credit. Um, okay, and, but what what about Treasury Secretary Paulson and his recent, you know, flip flop, if if you will, on on his on his ideas of what to do uh, with the bailout plan? You know, rejecting the whole right. equity injection and then seeing how it worked and or how it's going to work in Europe and you know changing his policy. Do you think that's the right the right play? No, I, I think I think Paulson has taken a, a one-off approach from the very beginning. I think he really believed that if he dealt with um, problems on a case-by-case basis, that eventually things would clear up, and they they certainly didn't. Their problems were much more systemic, I think, than he had anticipated at the beginning. And now, finally, he's even in the last week, he's flip-flopped. As, as you said, the the UK came out with a plan that that made much more sense than the U.S. plan. So Paulson. I have to give him a loose, a little bit of credit. Uh, recognized that the UK plan was better than his, and has uh, has decided to go more uh, along the lines of that plan than uh, than than the original TARP plan that was un- unveiled a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Sir, I, I'm just curious. Are you trying to insinuate in any way, shape, or form that Britain will return back to its former strength as a world power <laughs> and no, possibly empire? <laughs> No, but but they're doing a good job of uh, stabilizing their banking system. I can give them that much credit. All right. Well, thank you very much for calling in. Thanks thank for you. calling in. Bye-bye. Talk to you later, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good timing for a financial expert to call it, in. It was. It was. It was excellent timing, and he made he made some very uh, very astute points. Uh, one thing I, I I don't think he he gave enough uh, credit or discredit to mm. perhaps was the the Paulson flip flop. I think the Paulson flip flop really was 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 one of Paulson's better decisions in, in actually you know reversing his entire previous policy of you know public bad private good, right, right, which is right. which has been this 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 you know caveman policy if you will that we we've been we've been instilling in the minds of our young since well, Reagan. that imitation, I don't know how you can deny it's a caveman policy. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. spot on. <laughs> yeah, and but I mean maybe maybe I am being a little harsh calling him a caveman. I, I am <laughs> being a little harsh calling him a caveman. It's okay, Geico or Hiram. Ah, this is this is true. Um. But but I, I think I think that the uh, Paulson plan, the Paulson switch, was was Paulson's greatest decision uh, so far. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was just it was just completely irrational to follow this 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 extension of the Bush policy that that anything public involved in the private sector would be bad, even though that's clearly been proven to be wrong with uh, the crisis. Um, so so what do you think over there, Charlie? All I think is that uh, in in two years, I, I will need a job one way or another. I I I probably will too. As long as I too. can at least work at McDonald's at a livable rate. Oh wait, never mind. But That's yeah, not you can't do that because yeah. the you know because the Bush policy so far has extended is to push our lower classes even further into the ground. Mm-hmm. You see, this, this is this is just a clear example of of the irrationality of the Republican politics and of the Bush politics. Is that they they want they want to lower taxes on those who can afford to pay lots and lots of it because they have lots and lots of money. And mm-hmm. if you look at it, Bill Gates, if you were if you were to just tax him on, you know, Thirty or he makes uh, how as much is it twelve billion dollars a year? If you were to tax him on eleven billion of those twelve billion, leave him with, you know, uh, an ample billion, you know, to 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 write his rights and, and <laughs> what have you. Uh, I think 
I think he would be fine, and I think that $11 billion would certainly do well put in other places. And yes, I do think it is the government's responsibility to make sure that money is properly spent. You can't trust the capital markets and the financial markets because, because as, we, as whoa, we've just whoa, seen— Whoa, whoa, hey now. Whoa, whoa. You can't trust them entirely, but at the same time, you, you still have to believe in the free market economy to an extent. Do, do you, you now? Do you absolutely. now? Absolutely. Well, no, no, no. Because Adam what you're Smith. talking about is you're talking Yay. about you're talking about having 11 million of his 12 million dollars, and um, what you really have to understand is that it, it's entirely possible for a private enterprise to spend that money entirely better. There are plenty of 501c3s out there, nonprofits out there that spend their money in far more efficient ways and in far better ways. But you can't guarantee more, you, you can't guarantee you, that that 11 billion is going to be properly spent if the government takes it and if there are certain precautions. You oh, can, you so can at now least, we're to trust the government with well, our 11 billion dollars, Spencer? Oh, I think I think I would certainly rather trust the government than. Would you the, trust the government than, now oh, or after next inauguration day? Next inauguration. Day. Okay, I think, I think it would right. be a proper classification. So would you have a different feeling, let's say, three years ago? Uh, after after the second, after Bush took office for a second time? Would I have the same feelings? Yes. Would you say, I want to give my $11 billion to the government because the government will handle it better than the private enterprise? Well, I, I think... That, that's, a, that's a tough question. I wish I'd gotten in that and ready. Okay, then, well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that's what? That's because you would have bought a warplane, and that would have been your $11 billion on one plane. As if that could have even bought a whole plane. I don't even know. Probably not. Planes cost a lot of money. But my point, my point is, my, I guess I was a little strong in saying that I would trust the government with my money, but I would certainly— By all means, you can, but— I mean, I mean, I mean you trust might the government to a certain degree, investing I Investing in a bank. I think—, <laughs> I think uh, I think as long as we can ensure, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of transparency in the sure. government, which we certainly haven't seen in the Bush administration. I mean, we've seen. I mean, do you do you know how much money the CIA is allocated by the U.S. government every year? No, I I, I don't either. <laughs> they they, nice. they don't actually disclose it. It's 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 classified. Uh, so your money is actually going towards something that you don't even know how much of it is going. I could probably find that out. Yeah, and then they'd kill you. <laughs> No, they would not. Well, they might kill the person who told me. <laughs> that they probably would. Guys in suits. I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'd we'd uh, we we could really do with a with a economic uh, someone who knew some things about e- economy and economics, if they were to call in. But you know, we we could, just had one. <laughs> this is true, but we could do with two. Um, oh, that's true. Okay, two, right. two is better. Two than a one. different one. Dad, don't call in again. Yeah, we're, uh, we're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what 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 about what about you know in general the health policies of of this McCain and the possible McCain administration versus a possible uh, Obama administration? I mean, we've we've seen that the McCain administration it, on on paper sounds just great. You know, mm-hmm. let's just hand out a five thousand dollar, you know, what do they call oh check a five thousand dollar check to um, to Everybody and anybody who would need it. Uh, what they That's don't. great healthcare. I'm just curious what happens when one person needs surgery and five grand will just cover the anesthesiologist. And when the and when you take into account that the average healthcare cost of the average American, not the rich American who needs grand. cosmetic, twelve grand, right? And uh, five grand is 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 just not going to cut it. And 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 he's also planning to institute in the in the history of the United States the first healthcare benefit tax uh i believe this is the uh, this is the first one we've ever had in american history is this, is this correct uh i'm not sure entirely i'll take your word for it though you well, know i'll, 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 go I'll with say it. it is um, even if it's not 
it's, that sounds sounds. If probable. I don't have a listener to call in and tell us we're wrong, we're right. Yes, that's how we do it on the purple the, hour. Yep, yeah, yeah, purple hour. Uh, anyway, anyway, but yeah, he's he's levying the first healthcare benefit tax. So, I mean, obviously, right there, you see you see a tax benefit in Obama over McCain right there because mm-hmm. I mean, you're not you're not having your ta- your healthcare tax, you know, and and, and, and and under the McCain. Well, hold on, before you even get that, please let's go positive before negative, right? Why not? Okay. Well, Mister, you know, Senator, pardon me, Senator, Senator, Senator Obama's plan would. Uh, Offer people the choice, and uh, between a a private or a public healthcare system where you everyone's offered healthcare and you can turn it, it down. It's an necessary. interesting point about that, though, is that is that it's the exact same healthcare plan that Obama and McCain are in right now as senators and as mm-hmm. uh, you know federal uh, government servants, public yep. servants. Uh, yeah, and, and as everyone knows from that good tagline, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for the American people. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the the McCain ta- the McCain plan for healthcare, you know, it, it's 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 gonna it's gonna it's gonna reduce the amount of benefits you can get if, you know, you have a pre-existing condition, which a lot of people do, uh, or if you have you have your some sort of predisposition for uh for not being healthy, it's 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 gonna be bad for you, mm-hmm. and and then your healthcare costs are gonna be even more than than twelve thousand dollars a year. They're gonna be, you know, oh absolutely. And five thousand dollars is just not going to cut it, and and employers are going to see that they don't they shouldn't have to offer because because the uh, because of the the extra five thousand then they're not going to offer you the same plan or they may bump you off the plan because it's too expensive, and right. that that in itself causes a problem. Uh, but at the same time, we have to discuss even before we get to specific candidates whether it's better to have a privatized system or whether it's better for you to trust. The government with your health as well as your money, Spencer. Oh, ooh. okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, let's let's look at these examples of of uh, places where they have, you know, more universal, more um, government-sponsored healthcare system, like in Canada, the UK, France. Oh, maybe David from New York was right. Gonna, May- maybe he was. England's going to take over the world. I mean, they do have universal healthcare. I True. mean, I mean, True. if I was sick over there and I was a British citizen, I'd be fine. If I was sick over here and I was an American citizen, I'd. Uh, I'd, I'd be SOL uh, <laughs> to put it to put it nice sidestep. However, at the same time, uh, you know, the the British system is set up so that you can use private health care if you have access to it, and the public health care system is still relatively respectable. Absolutely, no one's going to shoot. shoot I, it down I know. I, anything, I, cer- I certainly think that that putting all of health care in 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 the hands of the government. I mean, they say it's this terrible socialist system. Oh, these terribles, red socialists, they're evil. But I and, well, and everyone I mean, knows that. It's 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 it, it, it's it's certainly certainly not the the optimal one. And I think I think I think the British system and the Canadian system have shown uh, to be successful systems and have shown and well, with the British system, you're pretty much pleasing both sides very directly. I don't see why we why, why we can't have that in America. I mean, why is it that we as the number one uh, or as we say the number one country in the world, even though that's really only in terms of GDP and ownership of uh, nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. but you know we who, which is all that matters, of course. But uh, uh, we, we 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 say we're the the best best country in the world, but we really can back it up in the healthcare that we provide. As as, as much as as much as I want to you know uh, uh, shake my finger at at the Castro family and at, at Cuba and they <laughs> certainly have made some grave uh, grave violations of human rights. They have one of the most enviable healthcare systems in the world, and that's just a fact. The, they've 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 had a complete disclosure of their healthcare system for all people by 
done by World Health Organization, and they've been ranked among the top countries in the world with their healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand why America, that isn't a country that is so supposedly great, we can't even afford to, to have healthy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here's, here's, here's another interesting thing why, why, there were, why I, I find this, 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 this uh, the whole Republican uh, platform against uh, any sort of government sponsorship of healthcare when by, by providing healthcare and ensuring that Americans are healthy, that ensures that they're productive and that is good for the economy. Absolutely true. All right, we're uh, we're we're drawing to a near, near to the end of our hour, and <laughs> drawing to a near. We're dr- we're drawing to a near, and so we'd like to offer a parting uh, farewell to all our first time listeners, as you would have to be a first time listener, as <laughs> this is our first time show. That this was the Purple Hour. Uh, we hope you enjoyed yeah. it. Go read. Uh... The WashU Political Review. This is a Wooper-sponsored show. Right. It was Spencer Berry, and I'm Charlie Bittner. And uh, thank you for listening. Also, this weekend, Saturday at the Arch, uh, not that we would uh, you know, be partisan or anything like that. Yeah, we're definitely partisan. Um, but Barack Obama is actually speaking at the Arch in St. Louis on Saturday. The gates open at 10.15 a.m., and then at noon, the show will start. And it should be absolutely incredible. Obama with a beautiful setting of East St. Louis behind him. Uh, <laughs> we, we will. Uh, That's a joke for you people who don't know about East St. Louis. It's so. okay. No, we're number two dangerous city now. Um, number two. All right. Well, that's been the Purple Hour. Have a great weekend. Thank you.